and welcome to episode 7 of My Freelance Life, a new podcast from the team here at Milo.co. I'm Preston, and in just a moment, I'm going to play a conversation I had with Andy, my friend and co-host of this show. If you've listened previously, you know that Andy quit his job a while ago to give it a go as a freelancer, and each week, Andy and I check in to see what really happens when you decide to pursue freelancing full-time. You'll find show notes for this episode at FreelanceLifePodcast.com slash seven. That's just the number seven. And this episode of My Freelance Life is brought to you by our friends at FreshBooks, the number one invoicing software for freelancers. You can try FreshBooks free for 30 days at FreshBooks.com slash Andy. Picture this. You just had a killer meeting with a potential client. I mean, the kind where you air high five yourself in the elevator afterwards. I know you've done that. You said all the right things, you listened at all the right moments, your client was pumped about everything you proposed, and you can tell they're really excited to move forward. But then they ask you to send an official proposal in writing before they can make their final decision. That's right, a proposal. You know it should be especially professional, maybe it should be on company letterhead, it should explain everything you just pitched, and it should be easy to digest. It's really got to close the deal. That can be a lot to handle, but you can take all the stress and worry out of sending proposals with the all-new proposals feature in the completely revamped FreshBooks. Take a look and try it out free at freshbooks.com slash Andy, and when they ask how did you hear about us, just type Andy. Thank you so much to FreshBooks for supporting this show and freelancers everywhere. Okay, we're going to dive into today's episode. Andy and I didn't mean to kick off the episode this way, but we got talking about um, where to actually get work done as a freelancer. That's when I mentioned that I work most days at the local library, and that's where we'll pick up today's conversation. Do you go there pretty much every day? Like pretty, unless you have like a major reason not to, you're pretty much there every day. To the library? Yeah. Yeah, I sort of treat the library like a co-working space or like kind of like my office i mean i i um yeah it's it it's become like this place where when i get there my brain knows that like i'm focused on work and i found like my desk that like no one's ever at Mm -hmm. and i have my whole setup i I, like have this little wood stand for my Mm -hmm. laptop and a keyboard and a mouse like i it's probably laughable to people who were there like once (laughs) i'm there every day but but i have this whole setup that i that i I set up <laughs> at the library and um, yeah, I've, I've really come to like it. Um, and that might change one day. Like maybe when we actually finish the basement and it's not quite so like dark and dirty and gross looking, like maybe I'll want to work here. But yeah. um, for now it's mostly like, yeah, if I, if I hear the kids like playing upstairs or fighting upstairs or my wife sounding frustrated with the kids, I like want to go help and I want to, and at some point, like I have to work on the business and make money or, or this whole thing doesn't work. So yeah, yeah, that would be yeah I go there most days. Well, cool. Yeah, you're at, you're at home most days, right? Yeah. Lately it's been that actually probably the, the whole time more often at home, but especially the last hmm, month or two, I definitely have been before that. When I first started, I was more adventurous going out Um I'd go up to mm-hmm. the university, Weber State, the university closest to here, and yeah. work in the library or other buildings or whatever. And then I would sometimes go to like a coffee shop in Ogden, and I've been to the library a couple times. But more often than not, 
I just stay at home. But for work, it maybe is helpful to go other places because the same thing, even though I don't have kids, like there's always distractions at home, you know, uh, other things you can do. Or if you don't give yourself like the time to start in the morning, it's like you exist in limbo for a long time. You're sitting at your computer until you finally like start working. And maybe it's because by going somewhere else, it's like you're sitting down and you're starting and it helps. And it doesn't always take away like the distraction. Sometimes I'll sit down at my computer and do other things, even when I'm working from somewhere else. But it, I, at least now I feel like if you know you're going somewhere else, it like helps you start quicker or, or it sets like that expectation like, oh, I'm working now. And at home, it's not necessarily yeah. that way. I have no scientific data to back that up, but that's just my gut feeling right now <laughs> no but i think it's the same for me like uh it gives me an excuse to shower and <laughs> get dressed get out of the house and yeah like once i sit down at the space that i've been sitting down now for like three or four months my brain knows yeah. like okay it's work time and and it's easier too to separate it mm-hmm. when i get home and not like I, I mean i know plenty of people do it and 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 i think that's great whatever works for you i think you should do but but I have a harder time separating work and like family and home life when I work all day at home, because then I'm still sort of, I don't know, it's something about, maybe it's just because like I was in corporate world for so long that like the, even like the three minute commute to the library is like enough for me to like switch off work brain and turn on home brain. I don't know, but yeah, there's something for me, I don't have any scientific research either, but there's something sort of psychological about the whole thing for me. Like something changes in, in my brain when I get up and go to a place and then come home from the place. So I don't know. I think for me too, like I assumed it would be more casual the way I could approach how I structure my time. Either it'd be more casual or it would just be easier to hold to a a schedule. But now I think I'm finding that I really need to make a concerted effort to meet a certain amount of hours or to work a certain amount of time. Because if I don't, I've found this in the last few weeks that it's really easy to just like not do anything at all almost. And it's been tough because, yeah. you know, at the time of recording this, the last few weeks were the holidays, the New Year's. And before that, I was sick for like a week. So it, it's been this weird stage where like I kind of feel justified in not working. And so it's been really easy to just like do the bare minimum. But even still, like now that most of those things are are past trying to get back into it, it's difficult because it's been really easy to just spend the day doing passion projects and learning and reading and and now like setting up for the new year and setting some goals and ideas for this year and stuff. Anyway, I'm just finding that I have to make a, a concerted effort like I have to expect at the beginning of each day that I'm going to work X amount of hours. And in order to do that, I need to, I guess, have some sort of schedule or maybe like you, make sure I'm going to a place that I can look forward to and know that this is work time. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm going to go to the library every day for the forever, you know, like I'm not sure I'm going to be doing that for a decade. I don't, I don't know exactly what's going to happen. You know, a million things could happen. I could end up hiring locally and like 
leasing out a little space and running the business yeah. as a little like four or five person team. Like that could be exciting or, or I could end up still just doing my own thing or we could travel way more. Like eventually I could run this whole thing from the road, kind of like you're planning on doing. And you know, flexibility <laughs> doesn't necessarily mean like I can work from my pajamas every day. What for me, what flexibility means is like, I can, I can do the work that needs done now with sort of this long-term vision in mind. And when I want that to change, I can figure out a way to change it. And if we That's decide we want to cool. travel more while I work, we can figure out how to do that. Yeah, I, I really like that. Flexibility doesn't mean working from your pajamas every day. It means that at any given time, you can change the direction of what you're doing. And Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. And I think also recognizing that the flexibility also means like if I want more flexibility later, I'm I'm really young in this full-time entrepreneurship thing. And so I sort of have to, or at least I've convinced myself that Mm -hmm. I have to do certain things now, like go to the library for X number of hours a day in order to get a certain amount of work done so that eventually one day I'm not having to do that. The goal is like, eventually I don't, I'm not gone from what I'm gone. I'm gone now from about, the library doesn't open until 10. So (laughs) about 10 till, you know, four or five, which is like sort of a typical workday in terms of like when my kids see me and that sort of thing. Luckily, you know, we eat breakfast together, we eat dinner together. I come home for lunch. So I eat lunch with my daughter who's uh, only in preschool right now. But, but like eventually I might want to be able to just take a whole day off or a few days off. And and I think I'm going to be able to do that, but it's because of the work that I'm putting in now by going to work, quote unquote work, going to the office, going to the library for a certain amount of hours and getting a certain amount of work done every day now. So yeah, I, I think, um, I think it can be a human fallacy to think that like what we're doing right now is what we're stuck doing for the rest of forever. And that's just not true. (laughs) I agree. And I, and I really like that. I'm going to adopt that, that thinking to think of that flexibility in a, and that freedom in a, in maybe it's a a long-term way of thinking at it instead of like a day-to-day flexibility. Yeah. Yeah. That definitely gives me stuff to think about. You know, on on um, on one of our other podcasts called Side Gig, I, I host co-host that show with um, a couple friends of mine, Ryan and Ian. We had a great chat in season two about goals versus visions, like your long-term vision, mm-hmm. and how your goals, you know, in a 30, 90, 365-day window are going to fluctuate and change and and what you might have thought was important a year ago is not so important now or 30 days ago or what you thought was attainable is not attainable or or you or you can achieve way more than you thought you could achieve like it can go any direction mm-hmm. but and and maybe this will resonate with you Andy because you're like a you're a scouter but in orienteering uh, when you're using a compass, you you know this, Andy, you use a, an object way in the distance, something on the horizon that's not going to move. And you pick that. And, and when you <laughs> walk, you know, do now I'm going to show how little I know about this. So you can interrupt me at any moment. But like when you walk, do, you know, 18 degrees, you find that object and then you walk straight toward that object, not because you're trying to get to that object, but because it will keep you on the course that will eventually get you where you're wanting to go. And so we talked about like, yeah, you know, it might change by a degree here or there in the 30, 90 day window, but the long term, you have to have a vision of like where you want to be and what you want your life to look like. I don't know. Do you agree with that? Yeah. I, I really like the way you described that too. I think this goes along with people ask me what I wanted to do, but it wasn't like when I was a kid, people ask me, but it it was the same idea of like, what do you want to do when you grow up? I viewed things like this, that it's not that 
I know I want to do this specific thing. I want to have this specific job. I want to go to this specific place. It was more like, this is the kind of person I want to be. This is the kind of life I want to lead. These are the kind of activities that I want to be doing. And there are tons of different ways to get there. Like I want to live a life that is adventurous and I want to live a life where I'm learning a lot and I want to live a life where I can see and explore and learn new things often. But that can be achieved by working in an office job if it gives me the flexibility to go and do those things as a hobby. Or that can be achieved by a totally different job where that is the nature of the work. It's adventurous and it involves travel and learning and all these things. So I totally agree that it's... And maybe these, this is slightly different than what you were saying, but but it's more like the the vision, the things that you want to do in your life, the things both far out in the future and also just like a general idea of the things you want to do. And then at any given crossroads, you can look at your options and see which one is either going to point me closer to where I want to be or which one of those things is already the type of stuff I want to be doing. And it might be different than you expected because it doesn't have to just take one single track to get there. Yeah, no, I think I think we're saying the same thing and I love how you put it. I've always had sort of this vision of uh, maybe I've mentioned it on the show. I hope I hope I haven't mentioned it too much, but but I read an article years ago from the daughter of uh, Charles Schultz who created Peanuts, the the comic. Have I told you this story, Andy? You might have, but it probably bears repeating. So <laughs> she said she said we never knew our dad had a job. So he so he was a, you know, a great American cartoonist. And um, worked from home, syndicated his uh, his comic strip, and she said we never knew our dad had a job. Like they'd go to their friend's house, and their dads would would be gone until like six p.m. And they'd be like, "What is this? <laughs> <laughs> right? What is this thing that your dad does from like eight a.m. to six p.m.? This is ridiculous." And um, and that just for some reason like really resonated with me. I was like fourteen. I didn't have kids at the time, you know. I knew I was eventually going to have kids, or I hoped I was eventually going to have kids, but like for some reason I wanted whatever that was that he was able to live the lifestyle where obviously his kids were really important to him. And, uh, he was able to live a lifestyle that, that really jived with that. And and for me, that's, I think you're right. Like there's a million ways to get there. You know, yeah. if your main goal is to be with your family more, you could work a corporate job, but work remotely. Like there's thousands of companies mm-hmm. that hire remote workers, um, if you still want like the health benefits and the the opportunity to sort of climb a ladder and have coworkers and go on retreats and all of these things, like there are plenty of companies that hire remote workers or you can be a freelancer or you can, or you can be sort of a solopreneur or you can, I mean, there's, there's a million options for every place that you want to get to. It just depends on, you know, what works for you and how you want to get there. So I agree with you 100%. Very, very well said. Likewise. Well, we're 15 minutes into this episode (laughs) that we haven't officially started yet, I guess. But I think it was a great conversation on sort of vision. And um, while this won't air necessarily uh, on the new year, it is the new year for us right now. Um, And so it's, you know, it's a, it's a good time to be thinking about goals and vision and, and, um, sort of expectations for yourself and where you're driving your business and your life. And I, I love that we see eye to eye on a few of these things of, of, uh, you know, sort of building your life. It's a, you know, you hear the term lifestyle business and, um, we're sort of building businesses that help us live the lifestyle that we want to live. And, and for you, that means, um, traveling to France for me, that means, 
seeing my wife kids a little bit more you're obviously going to to france with your wife and so um i, I think you know for you it's adventure and i'd like a little more adventure eventually too but um but yeah it's, it's cool to see that we can each be building businesses and lifestyles the way we want to and um still see eye to eye on so many different yeah different uh, subjects. Uh, can we can we chat a little bit about so so it is the new year. Obviously, uh, we're going to air this later, but it is the new year now. I'm I'm curious if we can chat for a few minutes about uh, you know what you're expecting from your business and from yourself in in 2018. Not necessarily. I mean, if you want to dive into like personal stuff, that's fine. But I was most, mostly thinking like in terms of being a freelancer and running a business and making money and traveling the world and all of those things, like where do you sort of see yourself this year in 2018? All right. Let's see. Well, the last little bit, I think I've got to a comfortable level of a combination of my hourly rate and the amount of work I'm that I have access to either from actual jobs that I have now or jobs that are coming my way. So I, I found, at least for now, a good balance in what I'm charging in that. And I think if anything, it could potentially be higher. So I feel like financially speaking, that for this next year, I'm on track to be in a good place where I've balanced the amount of work I put in and be able to make enough to pay the bills and, and so on. But outside of that, um, I think that I want to, well, to, for me, this freelance life is, this lifestyle is is kind of somewhat a stepping stone. And I think we talked about it, if only briefly before, that I want to keep doing freelance, but I don't want to do it forever necessarily. I want it to be a stepping stone between the amount of time I would spend at a somewhat traditional office job, which I had before. So freelancing has definitely let me spend less time on the job, so to speak, than before. I think now that my hourly rate is at a place that I could theoretically spend less time on working to still pay the bills, that I want to move towards exploring some of these solopreneur projects and hopefully spend the, the leftover time on that to see if any of those might take flight. And over time, hopefully, I, these projects will take off and I'll spend even less time freelancing. Now, all this being said, we talked about it, I think, a couple episodes ago. I'm not entirely there yet, even though theoretically, like my hourly rate is where it needs to be. The amount of jobs available are where they need to be. Me personally, and like the way I'm structuring my day and the way I'm going about my projects are not where they need to be to be making the amount monthly or weekly or whatever that, that I would like to be to fill comfortable and sustainable with it. These are my goals for this year is to is to keep doing the freelancing and potentially over the and I don't think it'll be this month or next month or even before we we go to France uh, in March. But over time, I want to maybe increase the amount of time I'm spending on the passion projects and build those up to a place where they will slowly decrease the amount of time I need to spend on freelancing. I think that's spot on. I think one of the biggest risks, and we talked about it on this show, that freelancers face is, let's say, knock on wood, I hope this never happens to you, but let's say something happens where you're out of commission for three months, six months. As a freelancer, all of a sudden, because you can't work as many billable hours, maybe zero, all of a sudden now, 
this business that you've built can't sustain you through a really tough period. Or or it maybe doesn't even give you the flexibility uh, of being able to say, I want to take three weeks off or something, mm-hmm. right? And the idea is that eventually it gets to that point. It sounds like your business is obviously getting there um, or is maybe already there. And, and there's, you know, there's a good amount of work and you're spending the right amount of time and you have the right number of clients. And that's all great, by the way. Congratulations. Like, that's fantastic. But I think there is this risk, inherent risk in freelancing where, you're trading hours for for dollars, and so I love what you're saying. Where now you have raised your rates enough. I mean, that's that's another argument for raising your rates, right? Another like pro for raising your rates is you raise your rates, you work fewer hours on billable hours, and now you have these hours, quote unquote, left over mm-hmm. that you can now spend on building assets, assets that hopefully can bring you money on a little bit more passive basis. And if you can spend 20% of your time building something that brings you recurring revenue or passive revenue, then if something were to happen and you had to take a few weeks off or a few months off, hopefully you would still at least have part of your revenue coming in through those sort of what you were calling passion projects. Am I understanding right what you're saying? Yeah, definitely. And it made me think when you were describing it of the book Cashflow Quadrant, it's by Robert Kiyosaki, the guy who wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It's kind of like the, the sequel to it. We'll include it in the show notes here. So the cash flow quadrant, and he talks about there about um, there's four different types of money earning, I suppose, uh, of ways to, to earn money. And one of them is, well, they, they are employed, employee, self-employed, business owner, and investor. And as long as you're an employee or you're self-employed, you're trading, like you said, trading hours for money. And so I feel like moving from my job before to now as a freelancer, now I'm kind of, I would say the closest thing would be self-employed, but I'm still at a stage where I'm really trading hours for dollars. And to me, the goal is to get to the other half of this square, to the other, to the other two which are would be business owners and investors. And that's where you make the break from trading hours for dollars. And when you own the business, it's either, and it could be a, a, a like a large business where you have employees working for you um, and for your company, or it could be a small thing like a solopreneur thing. But if it's, if it's structured in a way where you're just the sole employee or even not the sole employee, but you're doing so much of the work, then I feel like it's still in that stage where, if you don't do the work, you don't get paid. But I mean, just like what you're saying, I want to be in a place where I could take three weeks off or if something were to happen, um, that I could have assets really generating income, even if I didn't put in the, re, the you know, the, the standard amount of work on it each week. So yeah, I, I think now I'm stepping around that quadrant, or at least that's what I'm wanting to do. I've, I've now stepped from employee to a self-employed freelance thing, and it's a great stepping stone. Like There are so many benefits that come along with moving to being a freelancer, having more control over my life, and being able, more control over the projects I work on so it, it can be more enjoyable, it can be more profitable, it's certainly more flexible. And But now I, I think in the next year, um, I would like to start... M- stepping over into becoming less of self-employed, less dependent on the very specific tasks and more passive income type of things, which being a freelancer 
will enable me to do even more. I think maybe it was last episode we talked about converting like work that you did for a client into yeah. some sort of passive income or, or recurring revenue. You know, if you build a tool for a client, maybe you reserve the right to build that into a tool that others can pay for or subscribe to or something. So I think that's great. I mean, I, um, I, I wish you luck in, in 2018 on, on that. I think that's a huge step for a freelancer. I love how you put it sort of stepping through those quadrants. And uh, yeah, I think the more you can make your business not rely 100% on you, the better. I, that's It comes back to that um, popular book, The E-Myth. I think it's called The E-Myth Revisited. It's a popular sort of entrepreneurship or, or small business book. Um, and, and yeah, it talks about exactly that where yeah, exactly. you don't want to build just another job for yourself. You want to build an asset or, or a business that, that can... Yeah. work without you if needed or or at least partially without you if needed so yeah great excellent i mean what else is on the horizon for 2018 you guys are moving to france in march it's january now at time of recording but but tell me more about that i guess yeah the the big goals that are relevant to my freestyle freestyle <laughs> my freelance lifestyle which i guess could be freestyle <laughs> my freelance lifestyle are the freelancing and on a, on a, in a broader sense, my financial goals and then the traveling. And that's one of the big reasons. Um, I mean, perhaps tied for first place, but, um, one of the reasons why I wanted to start freelancing in the first place. So that is finally arriving and it's really exciting as we've talked about places we want to go. I'm, I'm really excited to go live there. We're moving in. Let's see. From now, it would be two and a half months, yeah, until we leave. And we, I mean, we've, we've had our That's tickets so exciting, for man. months now, one-way tickets over there, and we're going to be moving to France. We plan to stay there for about three months, and then, so uh, we'll leave mid-June, and we know that we have in August, a wedding to go to in Trinidad. Uh, my wife's friend is from Trinidad. And so we're going to go to the wedding there. And I'm really excited about that because I've never been there. And uh, so we kind of have this gap between middle of June to middle of August, two months to do something. And we could come back home to Utah and, and like settle in here for a bit. But I think the, the general idea, what we're what we're leaning to is to stay out on the road somewhere. And it, it might be dependent on how much we're making while we're in France versus how much we're spending, because we know that our, that our monthly budget is going to change, but we don't know exactly how or how much, but so we have these two months. So after France, we're, we're thinking we'll either stay somewhere near there for two months right until the time we need to go to Trinidad and then just fly straight to Trinidad and go to the wedding. Or we might leave, you know, that area, that region when we're done being in France and stay somewhere near Trinidad so that either way we just have, we're not adding a major flight in between, but we can just go from France to uh, Morocco or something and stay there for a couple months and then go to Trinidad. So then after that, after August, we don't have any exact um specific plans for what we want to do in the in the fall and into the winter of of 2018 but we have the first kind of 
half planned out. And that it's, it's really fun for me to look forward to this because it's some, these are the sorts of things that I've wanted to do for a long time. I mean, having traveled in, in bits and pieces and staying a couple of weeks in a place or, or sometimes a, a little more, but now to be able to like see a sustainable plan for how we can do that, um, theoretically indefinitely and to see that and see that it's not just like an exciting wish, but it's actually something we're legitimately planning. That's been way, or that is way for way fun for me. And I have the freelance, the freestyle lifestyle (laughs) to thank for it. Freelance lifestyle. Yeah. And, and freelancing has been this stepping stone. I mean, you sort of, you started freelancing with this goal in mind. Like this was a huge coming back to that conversation earlier about like vision versus goals. Like this is, this has been a vision of yours for a long time of like, traveling adventure and 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 yeah absolutely it's less about like what are you going to be when you grow up and more about like what are you going to do and where are you going to go and where are you going to live uh yeah that's really really exciting man i'm really excited for you that's that's really fun hopefully we can do some episodes or hopefully lots of episodes from france and trinidad and morocco and wherever else you're going to be in 2018 i think that's just really exciting i think a lot of people choose freelancing or want to choose freelancing because of the flexibility and location you know it's really fun to watch people working all over the world and making as much or more money as they would uh staying home and it's funny i you know i worked uh for a travel blog um for a short time and we ran an article about we we crunched all the numbers and to stay home for one person i don't remember how much it was but it was a lot of money like we we did it in the united states in sort of an average city if you factor in commute and groceries and rent or mortgage and everything it was a it was a ton of money and i'll try to find this article and see if i can't link it up in the show notes but and then, and then you, uh, we researched a bunch of people living on the road doing what you're going to be doing this year, which is moving to a country with a much lower cost of living and uh, freelancing or working remotely. And, um, and then, and the, the cost, like it was actually more expensive <laughs> to stay home. Even when you yeah. factor in the the airplane tickets and all these things that people see as hurdles, like that it's so expensive to travel. Well, guess what? It was more expensive to stay home in a in a sort of average city in the United States than it was to travel and work while while you travel. It just blew my yeah. mind. I I love that sort of thing. And well, while we may not actually be going somewhere with drastically lower cost of living, we are hoping to get close to where what we're spending now and let and just like stay neutral we'll probably end up spending a little more because we'll want to go out to eat more but even like going to france like for me if i would have pictured oh, i'm gonna go live in france it would sound expensive but we're probably going to be able to do it pretty much at the same uh, monthly expenses that we have now and so you can even you don't have to go i mean if, if someone out there was interested in going places that were in europe where it's more expensive usually, or don't want to go to somewhere where they, there, there are certain places where you travel that are just logistically more difficult or the infrastructure is, yeah. is, is more difficult to, to get accustomed to or something. And if, and if people want to make, you know, take a, a stepping stone into travel as it were, and go somewhere that's a little more um, comfortable or a little more familiar to them, that's totally fine. And you, you still can do it, but yeah, I love what you're talking about with that when you really look at the numbers, it's just as cheap 
or cheaper to live somewhere totally different and somewhere that may you may find adventurous and exciting and things. And the, the ticket has always been like, you can do that provided that you can make the same income or roughly the same income that you were at home while working abroad. And that can be done through entrepreneurship or that can be done through freelancing. And, and I feel like I finally have that golden ticket. Like I've known those sorts of things before that, you know, I only need to make X amount of dollars a month to live in India or, or Thailand, Morocco or wherever for a month. And all I needed was the skill set to be able to, to work remotely, to be able to work online. And I feel like this last year, 2017, like I finally earned my golden ticket and, and now I'm excited to go visit the chocolate factory. I, we just watched Willy Wonka the other day. So it's in my mind. <laughs> Oh man, one of the I think that's one of the greatest stories ever written slash made into a movie. I mean, complete tangent here, but but I love that now, story. Like, I just think like it's the, a great story. The Gene Wilder version or the Johnny Depp version or both in terms of the movie? I have to say I really love the Gene yeah. Wilder version. I mean, the Gene Wilder movie for me is like my childhood all wrapped up in a candy bar. <laughs> <laughs> it like I love that movie. I make my kids watch it with me all the time. I really like Oh, what about you? Well, Gene Wilder I don't know that I could Depp? pick one as a fave. Well, maybe I could. Uh, I really like the Gene Wilder version, and I always did. But when I remember when the when the Johnny Depp one came out, I was really excited. At that time, I I think I really liked Johnny Depp and the movies he was making at the time, and so I was really excited for it. And other people didn't necessarily like it as much, or it wasn't received as well by some people. But I I thought it was great. I really enjoyed the new version, and that's the one we watched recently. Um, I think that's my, my wife's preferred version. And, but I, I don't know, I haven't seen the Gene Wilder one in a while either, but, um, I think I like them equally. One doesn't stand out to me. I need to watch the Gene Wilder one again, and then maybe it'll be more obvious, but it is a great, a great movie. (laughs) And in fairness, like I make my kids read Charlie and the Chocolate Factory all the time too. Like we love the book. I just think, I think it's one of the best stories. I don't know. There's just something (laughs) about it. So totally random totally random tangent there but um but i'm glad my friend that you feel like you've uh <laughs> you've found your golden ticket that the, that all the stuff that you've been wanting to do for a long time you're finally able to do this year i'm really excited to hear about um about your travels about you you diversifying your business i'm just really really excited about the conversations we're going to have this year so i'm really looking forward to it anything else we um, should be adding here at the i end? don't think so i mean it it'll be It'll be cool to talk about this. We've talked a lot about the freelancing and the the details of what it's like to freelance and I guess the nitty-gritty around that, but it'll be interesting to see where this takes us now and and maybe we'll have a chance to get to get feedback to hear what people want to would be most interested in hearing about and and we can go into the details of the traveling and how we're planning and and what it's like to adjust to living in a new place and I'm, I'm personally curious about what's going to happen. Like, am I going to be able to keep some of the same routines? Am I going to have to change things entirely? Uh, so who knows what, what we'll talk about and what the listeners will want to hear, but I'm definitely looking forward to it. It's going to be a good year. Well, I think let's let's um, let's have them tell us. I mean, we're, we're going to be a few weeks out on airing this, but I think yeah. it'll still be relevant. We can still get some great feedback. Go ahead and send us a tweet at uh, Milo 
we're at Milo team, M I L L O team. And what's your handle on Twitter, Andy? It's Andy Conlin, A N D Y C O N L I N. Awesome. Or you can email us as well at shows at Milo.co. Again, that's M-I-L-L-O dot C-O. We'll read every email. We'll read every tweet. We also want to hear Gene Wilder version of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory or Johnny Depp version. I think it's going to be the biggest debate of 2018. (laughs) Thank you so much, Andy. I appreciate you taking some time this morning. And um, I'm really excited to hear how the rest of the year goes for you, man. Thank you. Talk to you soon. All right. We'll talk soon. Yeah. See ya. Bye. All right, we'll see you next week. Before we jump off the air, show notes for this episode can be found at FreelanceLifePodcast.com slash seven. That's just the number seven. And this episode is brought to you again by FreshBooks. You can try the brand new proposals feature at FreshBooks.com slash Andy. That's A-N-D-Y. With FreshBooks, sending a professional proposal is incredibly fast and easy. Just upload your logo, include a few details about your pitch, and send it right from the platform. Plus, they'll notify you when your potential client has looked at the proposal, and if your client has any questions or comments, they can leave them right there in the app. It really streamlines the whole process. You can give it a test run at freshbooks.com slash Andy, where you'll get unrestricted access for 30 days. Just type Andy in the How Did You Hear About Us section. My Freelance Life is a production of Milo.co. You can learn more about us at M-I-L-L-O dot C-O. The theme music for this show is a song by Joaquin Carud called Road Trip. And we will talk to you next time on episode eight of My Freelance Life. See ya. See ya.